Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining another episode of the Found Generation Podcast, a podcast for young people. On today's episode, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Instead of me interviewing someone, I will be the one that's answering all the questions today. This week, I was a guest on the critically acclaimed Chicks and Dip podcast, which is hosted by the fabulous Lauren Wolverton and Jamie Burton. Shout out to Erica behind the scenes as well. Now, if you remember, Jamie actually appeared on The Found Generation a few months ago, and we had a wonderful conversation. So I was really glad to reconnect with her in this way again. She asked me to be on her show. And so coming up in a few minutes here, I'm going to play that interview for you. And in our conversation, the ladies and I will talk mainly about the podcast industry, where it's been, where it stands today, and where it's going from here. If you're a young person who likes studying business, perhaps technological trends, influencer culture, or if you want to start your own podcast, then you will enjoy this episode. But before we get to all of that, I feel like I owe you some life updates. I've been doing all these episodes where I've just been talking to my guests about their lives, their stories, whatever wisdom it is that they have to impart, but I'm not really talking about myself. And so I've been doing a lot of things. And so I figure you guys might like to know. If you remember back, do you remember when I had my friend Michelle Smallman on this podcast? It was full of all sorts of wisdom. She's got a couple years on me, more years of life experience, so she has a lot of great things to say. She gave me this piece of advice that has really resonated with me ever since. Here, take a quick listen to it. You're dying. Like right now, we're all dying. And one day, we're all going to be in the ground. So burn hot. Burn the candle at both ends. Go for it. Whatever it is, go for it. Because you never know what's going to happen in life. So you might as well take a chance and do what you want to do now. And I really thought about that. And I thought, you know what? A global pandemic just happened. And we were all forced to stay inside for a year plus. We never thought that would happen. And I just don't want to let my life passed me by without doing things that I want to do, regardless of what other people think. Burn hot. That phrase has been tattooed into the forefront of my mind. That is the absolute mindset that I have right now. Full send, burn hot, burn the candle at both ends. Don't care so much about the consequences. Is this the smartest decision? No. Is this what people might recommend? Is this something that you should be doing all the time? No. But life is short. Live it up. Do what you want to do. Have a good time. Knock things off the bucket list. Love yourself a little more. Allow yourself to enjoy things. These are all things that I've really been working on over these these past few months here. My July has been crazy. I started out in Las Vegas. I was out there June 30th to July 3rd for this amazing work trip, the best work trip of my life. I've been to Las Vegas several times now for work. This was by far the best one. I got to do some really good networking. I got to spend some really good quality time with my coworkers and get to know them more and further develop relationships. It was so much fun. And then I swung over to Denver where I lived briefly last year. I stayed out there for a week, but I did it because I was going to the Halsey concert. Halsey, if you know me at all, you know, Halsey is my favorite artist. I was actually supposed to see her in July of 2020. Pretty much the last memory I have actually prior to the pandemic is me going solo all the way from Boston to Oslo, Norway to see Halsey perform in Norway. And then I get back, just sneak it in, and the world shuts down. She shuts down her tour, her concert, slated for that July, canceled at Red Rocks in Colorado, the most beautiful concert venue in the world, outdoors. 
And then I was set to go last year, and then Halsey gets pregnant, and so she cancels it. So when she announced her tour for this year, I said, I am going. I don't know where I'll be in my life. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm going. I'm finding a way. And so it actually ended up working perfectly that I was out in Las Vegas. Then a couple days later, Halsey was playing in Denver, so just, just a quick ride over. And then I saw Halsey at Red Rocks, bucket list item, checked off beautiful venue acoustics were incredible powerful powerful messaging in some of her songs and it was a really truly transformative experience for me and i I can't wait to go see another performance at red rocks someday then i get back from red rocks i get back home i go on a hike in new hampshire with with a dear friend of mine then i also with that friend go to some type of event in boston some young networking event that involved a lot of wine tasting only for the next day to go to New York City to work in New York City for a couple days at the beautiful Spotify offices at the World Trade Center in Manhattan. And then I was also primarily there for my one of my best friend's birthdays, uh, Saturday, this this past Saturday, where we also went to the UFC fights. Go, go figure, uh, so many of these things now for me are built around UFC fights. So we go to the UFC fights on Long Island. I work. We go have a great time in the city. Spend time with more friends in the city on, on Friday and Sunday, just really taking in New York City. Truly an incredible place. Say what you want about it. We've criticized it a lot on this show, ex- uh, ex- actually, because I have uh, a lot of friends who live there. But it truly is a place that is one of a kind, nothing like it. And I'm really glad that I went. Only to come back to <laughs> Portsmouth, New Hampshire for a couple days before I'm off again. I'm actually off today. I'm going to London. I've never been to London before. I've been to to Scotland, to Ireland, Italy, Germany, the Netherlands. Uh, I've actually been to Scotland and Ireland multiple times. And I haven't actually been to England yet. I, I take that back. I did step foot in England briefly when I studied in Scotland. But I've not been to London. Truth be told, it was not really on the bucket list because I figure it's kind of, of all the European cities, probably the one that resembles America the most. And... Your trips to Europe are limited, so you want to choose the ones that would truly be educational experiences. But the chips just happen to fall where I now have a bunch of friends in London. And the UFC fights, again, go figure, are in London this weekend, and they're going to be a massive deal. And so when this opportunity came about, kind of in that burn hot, full send mentality, I said to myself, I'm just going to do this. And this is actually going to be a vacation for me. Yes, I've traveled a bunch in this work remotely era but I've been working the whole time. I've not actually been off. I have not actually been off since that trip to Norway two and a half years ago. And so I'm really excited to just shut off. I'm just going to be off for four or five days. I'm not going to work around the UFC fights at all. I'm going to go to them and I'm just going to enjoy them as a fan, kick back some drinks and not have to worry about working afterwards, which is what I always do. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend. going to Meet up with some friends, have a good time, walk around, explore, coffee shops, breweries, all that stuff, all that same stuff I like to do, bookstores for sure, and just really have myself a good time, a a well-deserved vacation, because it's one thing to, I'm grateful for all the traveling that, that I have done over these past few years, but when you always have work to do, it does take up, it occupies a space in your mind, and so I'm really happy to just finally just not have to worry about it, not have something that... I need to be knocking at the the back of my mind. So really looking forward to London. And then who knows where life will take me after that. I'm actually getting surgery at the end of August. So another reason why I'm kind of banking a bunch of stuff now is because I know I'm going to be on the shelf for a little bit. But 
burn hot, full send. I advise any of you to do it. You're young, you're getting after, you have all these things you want to do, just go do it. Even if it's dumb, even if your parents don't like it, just go do it. Also, again, before we get to the conversation, some quick housekeeping about this podcast. I've got one or two more episodes coming for you in this first season of The Found Generation, then going to take a break for a few months, got to focus on some other things in my life, and then I'll be back for season two and some more wonderful, insightful, entertaining conversations about life as a young person. In the meantime, though, I'll still be writing feverishly over on troyfarkas.substack.com. So if you miss me, you can find me there. You can also find that link in the show notes of today's episodes. And if you haven't noticed, by the way, all of these conversations are published as videos on my YouTube channel and also on Spotify. Yeah, you heard that right. You can watch the podcast on Spotify, too. What a company Spotify is, huh? All right, guys, that's enough company shilling. Now let's get to the conversation with Lauren and Jamie on the Chicks and Dip podcast. Hope you enjoy and give them a follow. Give them some love. They're amazing. We are here with our guest today. This is Troy Farkas. Troy has been a podcasting professional since 2019. He's worked with some of the top names in sports media, hosts his own show, The Found Generation, and currently works at Spotify. He's an expert on podcasting and the industry. Welcome to the pod, Troy. Hey. hey. Lauren and Jamie, thank you so much for having me on. It is an honor. I've been following your guys' show for the past few weeks. I mean, I, I'm lucky to be on it. I mean, I, I know this show is going to the moon one day, so I'm... Uh, you know, happy that I'll get to be one of the first guests before you guys get really, really big. So people can say when when they're fans of the show, they're like, I remember when they had that loser Troy Farkas on the show way back when. And that'll be a way of sh- or knowing like how hardcore of a fan you are is if you listen to my episode. Yes. So I look forward to me being a relic of this podcast. Day one, people. And actually, fun fact for everyone listening, Troy and I went to high school together. So we go way, way back. We're reconnecting after, what, like six years? Six, Way back, years. yeah. You were not. Uh, were you an alto? No, I was a soprano. You were a soprano. You, you were one of those. I okay, was. Gotcha. I was. I think I'm an alto now, though. I can't sing <laughs> yeah. as high anymore, but it's okay. Yeah, we did chorus and musical theater, all that fun stuff together. Do you know what I'm dying to ask? Oh, Troy, oh please oh say yes. Please say yes. Did you sing at Carnegie Hall with Jamie? No, I, I actually so. did not. <laughs> um, because I had a basketball tournament that weekend, and basketball never let me go to the the singing gigs. I was looked down upon for always having to go do that, so no, I missed it. But Jamie did do that. I was just not there. Troy, are you telling me that your name is Troy and you had a basketball <laughs> singing dilemma? Is this real? This this is real. The character was based on me. I. Troy, I sing. Number 14 was my number of choice. And so, yes, I was Troy Bolton for Halloween for four years straight. Get your head in the game. What the hell? <laughs> you can bet on it. I mean, seriously. That is so funny. That fact is like, whenever I'm like, what's a fun fact that I can put down? Lauren's like, I mean, obviously, you know exactly what to put down. So that I didn't even like put two and two together. That's hysterical. <laughs> he I didn't mentioned think singing. I'm like, yes, we can talk about Carnegie Hall. I think that is so cool. But now it's become kind of like a running joke. Like, Someone will be like, oh, like, what's Jamie like? I'm like, well, she's at Carnegie Hall. And like, for whatever reason, it's like the only thing I want to share about Jamie. So Jamie's funny. a stud. Uh, she prodigy, is. child prodigy. I mean, all, all the guys wanted her in school, too. She was the talk oh of the entire school, the most talented, class president. I mean, Jamie had it all. I mean, I've seen not that you don't have it all now, but you really had it all that. 
Yep. I literally joke with my mom. I think we talked about this on your podcast that I always tell my mom I peaked in high school. So I kid you not, in all of my birthday cards, my mom writes every year, you did not peak in high school. Aww. So cute. Yeah. I still believe that I did, but it's okay. You're no. so funny. Oh, my God. Thanks for being such a hype man, Troy. Got you. Um, but yeah, so we're really excited. As Lauren had mentioned, you are like the guru of podcasts and I have just been in this for a little bit. So why don't we kind of start off with your background and let people know where you kind of got your start? Yeah, so I come from a family of media people. My mom and dad met uh, in San Jose at a newspaper back in the 80s. And so they fell in love there and we... We're in, I was born in Seattle, and then we moved to California, or, um, to California and North Carolina, and then up to Albany, just kind of like the newspaper industry in the 90s, early 2000s was getting a little volatile as other things were uh, starting to come to the forefront, and so I kind of grew up in a media family. I never wanted to be in the media. I never wanted to have any job like that because I always prided myself on being different. I, I liked going... Oh, you know, off the beaten path and doing other things. And so it just kind of happened. I, I got my, my education. I majored in U.S. history. I, I wanted nothing to do with a media career, but my education kind of was my childhood just because I always say that my dinner table conversations were about sentence structure and comma placement. And my parents always edited everything that I did and I got A's every time because it was professionally edited because that was what they did. And so their writing skills and, you know, I still buy newspapers to this day because it's kind of what made me me. I, I love reading the newspaper. I read the Portsmouth Herald where I live right now. I always make sure to subscribe and support local. Um, and in college, I was just like, I kind of need some hobbies. I, I like... Jamie, if you remember, high school high school was way harder for me than college was. I was in all the AP classes, basketball took up all my time, singing took up all my time. So I learned time management and getting shit done very, uh, very early. And so then when I got to college, it was such a breeze for me and I had so much extra time. And I had broken up with my girlfriend freshman year, whom you remember, uh, Nicole, we had broken up. And so then I really had a whole bunch of time on my hands. I was pretty sad. So I was like, I need to need to find something new for me. And then my brother told me, hey, because he had just started a radio career. He's six years older than me. He'd started a radio career. And he said, hey, UAlbany, which is the college I went to, University of Albany. He said, hey, they have a student radio station. You should go check it out. And I said, okay. And then there was no one really at the... Um, there weren't that many people there, so I kind of got to start doing stuff pretty immediately. And so then I parlayed working at UAlbany Student Radio to getting an internship at all uh, at News Ten Albany in uh, that following summer, which I parlayed into running the student newspaper, running the student TV station, hosting my own TV show there, summer internships. I worked at the Baseball Hall of Fame for a summer in Cooperstown, New York, which was so much fun. And I just basically got bunch of reps, bunch of experiences, never intended for any of it to happen. I still didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated from college in three years with a U.S. history degree. And then I just applied to a bunch of jobs all around the country, just media jobs and some history jobs. And I somehow got, you know, of the like 16 jobs I applied to, the one that responded to me was ESPN. And that was the one that I assumed would be the hardest to get. Mm -hmm. Wild. That's awesome. That is so freaking cool. I love that. I That's love that amazing. so much. So then at ESPN, you were starting, you got into the podcasting world with them, right? Didn't they kind of put you in that realm after a little bit? 
So I started at ESPN Radio, mm-hmm. um, you know, national radio shows from 24-7. It's a 24-7 thing. And so when you start there and you're the young man on the totem pole, you do the nights, weekends, overnights, that whole thing. And for me, it sucked. I was not good at it. I didn't like it. I'm a very structured, regimented person, and my preferred schedule of choice is waking up at 4.30, 5 a.m., enjoying the morning, and then having a set routine, and then going to work, and then going to bed at like 9.30 is my ideal lifestyle, and that was not a thing with my with my first job, and I just felt totally lost and out of place. I was in Farmington, Connecticut, which is in central Connecticut, middle of nowhere, can never make any friends because who the heck wanted to hang out on my off day, which is a Monday, uh, you know, at 10 p.m., which is like when I was like waking up because my life was so messed up. Um, and so I knew radio is not my thing. I need to figure out a way to get out of, I mean, ESPN's a massive company. I knew I could find a right pocket for me there. And uh, I had made some connections in the podcast department there. And, um, I had kind of laid my eyes on that as a path toward uh, something that I could I I could do just because I like the schedule of it more. It's a more like nine to five ish, if you will. And I also just like the medium more. I like the medium of on demand of you can there's a bazillion podcasts out there and you can listen to whatever it is that you want. You don't have to be force fed whatever the radio hosts are talking about that you have no control over. If there's something that you want to learn about, you can just go find whatever it is you want by a quick Apple podcast search. So that kind of actually is a perfect segue. You just said there's so many podcasts. I kind of wanted to ask you, how have you seen it grow in the last couple of years, even since you've gotten into it? Because for me, I feel like COVID really like amplified the amount of podcasts I was listening to a day. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's really kind of taken off. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. And I've become a podcast nerd over the past few years, just reading all sorts of data and studies. And I think the first podcast ever was went out in 2005. I think it was the first time the word podcast was kind of ever entered the ether and recorded in the dictionary. But it really didn't become a thing until 2013, 14. I don't know if you guys have heard of this series called Serial. Have you heard of it? Is it a crime one? Yes. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, that sounds really yeah. familiar. Yeah, S-E-R-I-A-L. Um, I think it's like an NPR-esque type docu-series. And that took podcasting into a new stratosphere. That's kind of what made it a serious thing. It was basically like this seven or eight part series um, murder mystery, essentially. And it showed people what podcasting could be and, and, this, and how different it could be and how bingeable it could be. And so it just kind of collided with the, the whole... Netflix and the whole streaming revolution as well, where people wanted things like that on demand. And so that was kind of the start of a new era of podcasting. And then around 16, 17, after that, it's probably when, okay, this is great. We can put out a lot of great content. Now, how do we make money on this? Because this is all just, uh, of course, you know, a business thing. You want to put out a podcast. All these companies were making investments into podcasting people and talent on air, off air and gear and studios. And they're like, all right, we're making all these investments now. How do we how do we capitalize on it was kind of that era of podcasting as more shows were were, you know, entering the, uh, you know, the public space. And then, yeah, COVID took it to a new level because you had so many people who were no longer commuting to work. 
who were had more time on their hands because people were getting laid off, unfortunately. And uh, there was just much more time and, and content to be consumed. And people were creating more as they and more podcasts were entering, um, you know, Apple and Spotify and all that stuff because people realized, oh, it's not that difficult to do this. All you need is like a decent microphone that's $100 and you can do it over Zoom or these other platforms that uh, are really easy to use and everyone's bored at home and people think they're more entertaining than they are and they're like, oh, I could do a podcast. And so that's, you know, COVID took the popularity to a new level and we're still kind of just in the stage right now of, okay, what we're trying to figure out what's next. So for example... There's four and a half million podcasts out there, but I think only 15 to 20% of them have published an episode in the last month because, like I just said, people start a podcast because it's so easy to start one, but because it's so hard to stand out and to do it well, people don't realize how much work it actually involves to do it, which is why I commend you two for all the work that you're putting into this because it is not easy. A lot of people bail out after four months because they're like, wow, this is so much more than I thought. I haven't gone viral yet. I haven't, you know, had a, a, a my Twitter following hasn't grown exponentially. So a lot of people, a lot of people get out. And so there's that coupled with, there's no middle class in podcasting right now because the streaming giants like Spotify uh, or like these massive companies are buying up talent, are buying up podcast properties and putting all their resources into them to where that middle class of podcasters can't really survive anymore. And then there's like the lower tier of independent podcasters who are, who are just trying to trying to figure it out. But like the top, much like, you know, the American uh, so, like socioeconomic scale, like the top gets such a massive chunk of listeners and downloads and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny. Um, you said a couple things that like hit so many of our questions. <laughs> yeah, on there's here, a lot there. Sorry. <laughs> the one, no, 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 it's perfect. Um, what I was going to say is when you said like everybody has a podcast nowadays, I swear like everyone on your Instagram feed is like, should I create a podcast with my sister? Should I blah, blah, blah. It's like, maybe not. I mean, sometimes it's good. And I feel like other times people just like to hear themselves talk. So I feel like the biggest thing when you're trying to decide what your podcast, you need to decide what it's going to be about. What is kind of your, um, what was the word we were using earlier? Your niche? Was that the word? Yeah, your niche. Really? What is that? The marketing thing? Uh, what makes you unique, different, and special? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same thing. And so I guess kind of our question is how how do people stand out? Is it all about the content? Like what, what do you think on that? Mm -hmm. It used to be about that. It used to be a couple years ago. It used to be just content wins. I would say, yes, content still wins, but it's more... There's more prongs to it. I think there is so much content out there, whether it's podcasts on YouTube and Netflix and Hulu and Disney and Peacock are all battling it out for top dog in that industry. There are so many options. What really matters now is community around a show. And here's what I mean. The best podcasts out there, I think like a Call Her Daddy, for example, the daddy gang, the fans of the show. Yeah. What Alex does so well is she makes her listeners feel like they know her, like they are friends. They've never met before. They've never interacted in any way, in any kind. But the listener hears Alex through their ears. They feel like they know each other. They feel like they care about each other. It feels like a two-way friendship. And then 
you feel fan X of Call Her Daddy feels like they can be friends with fan Y of the Daddy Gang. They can have this shared interest that they can talk around. It's like a fan club. You want, you know, you want to be a fan of a podcast like you are a fan of a sports team. That's what stands out today. And on some shows that I work on, we're doing that where we do our shows and we have fans and we interact with our fans in real time as we're doing our shows. And then we're talking, you know, during the week on my podcast, I just interviewed someone from this community that I'm in. We've never actually spoken on anything other than DMs or uh, WhatsApp, but we just had a face-to-face conversation virtually, that is, uh, because we met through something, a shared interest that we have. And so it's the podcast that are really good, just content-wise and entertaining, that gives some type of value, whether it's information, whether it's comedy, whether it's making you think, whatever it is, coupled with, am I making feel someone like they're a part of something bigger than themselves? Honestly, I applaud Alex Cooper because I like liked Caller Daddy when it was with Barstool. For me, it was a little too raunchy sometimes. I was like, okay, this is like, I just don't want to listen to this every week. I love it now that she's at Spotify. I think she genuinely is asking really great questions, doing really great interviews. Like, it's not just like a sex-driven podcast. Obviously, she still talks about that, but she actually is interviewing people that we want to hear from. So exactly what you're saying, she's creating that community now where people that might not be as like crazy sexual as she is, like now are like, okay, she's actually doing authentic interviews and is giving me content that I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. For sure. And my one of my other favorite parts about her from a content perspective is she never, you never know what to expect. She kind of changes up the format every week. It's a, sometimes it's a deep dive into some sexual move or other times it's a deep dive into like one person's struggle with addiction. It is all, it runs the gamut, but the listeners have the trust in their host, Alex, that she's going to deliver with something entertaining and she varies it up every week, which I think is cool because sometimes there's a lot of podcasts that fall into thinking of this has to be a formula. Like it has to be the same way every time. And they really think about just trying to adhere to that formula and they don't leave themselves open to new ideas and new ways of thinking. The best thing about podcasting is there's no rules. You, it, it was literally built under the premise of there's no rules. You can sit and talk in front of a mic for seven hours. I think the fir- one of the first ever report- recorded podcasts was just like dead air. It was like dead air for six hours and was just published. You can make a podcast whatever you want it to be. There's no rules. There's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. And that's the beauty of it. And I think when people get discouraged sometimes, they're like, I'm not doing this right. There is no right way to do it. I think we talk about some of our favorite podcasts. I think Joe Rogan is such a good example. I have listened to so many three and a half hour episodes. And like, if you told me I'm going to make you listen to a three hour episode of a podcast, like Like, I would be like, no, no. literally no, I'm not spending my time, but you do. It just no rules. Yeah, no. And I think it's just, it's also a space where you can just kind of talk wherever you want. And that's where I think that really works with podcasts, you know, whether it's, I mean, I know even with your podcast, it's very vulnerable and ours is and Alex Cooper's is like, that's how they get to feel like they know you and like they know the host is by being your authentic self and kind of making yourself, putting yourself on blast sometimes as embarrassing as it can be. I mean, literally on one of our episodes, I talked about me peeing the bed. Right. (laughs) And it was okay. (laughs) 
These people know our secrets. And um, the Morning Toast is another one of our favorites. And something mm-hmm. I love that they do, they have all of these little inside jokes. And I literally had to listen for like four months before I finally figured out all of them. And it was really fun. I was like on Google, like, what does RDH mean, the Morning Toast? Mm-hmm. And like, it took me forever to figure it out. And mm-hmm. it's cool because then you meet a toaster out in public and you can talk about all your inside jokes. And it's literally someone you've never met before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the best. That's one of the best things about podcasting is, is connect. It's like when you're what, for example, I remember a couple of years ago, and this was probably the last time that this happened. I forget what year it was, maybe 2019 or something when Game of Thrones was in its final season. I'm not a Game of Thrones fan, but everyone was talking about it. Like if you're a fan of it, you were talking about it with another fan. And I think the goal should be for, for podcast, every podcaster to try to have that goal in mind. It's just like, what are, get people to talk about something so that they can connect over something so that so that it's cool. It's like, oh, wait, you're a Game of Thrones fan? And then you get off into a side tangent conversation for 30 minutes that you never intended on having. <laughs> that is hysterical. We were literally, right before we logged on, I was like, Jamie, have you watched Game of Thrones? And she said no. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, like, told her this whole story. Like, <laughs> anyway, okay, I have to tell the story in the intro then since we're talking about it now. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about it. I went to this weird torture museum. It, yeah, you'll it, have it's to watch. crazy. As one yeah, does. That is hilarious that you just said that. Um, Okay, so one of the points that I want to go back on that you had made is when you said capitalizing like your podcast, making money. I don't think people understand how podcasts make money. So can you explain that for people that don't don't know? Yeah, there's a couple ways to go. Um, There's the traditional method, which is advertising, which is you can sell ads to... And uh, popular misconception is, oh, I need to have... Uh, you know, tens of thousands of listeners to sell advertising. That's not true. I mean, you can have a couple hundred listeners and you can sell advertising just depending on who you're working with. Sometimes you can work with local brands, you know, Susie's Bake Shop down the street, or you can work with, uh, you know, a more national brand like uh, a Hinge dating app or, or something like that. Um, that's usually what people go for first is ads. Uh, but you are seeing more people now uh, kind of gravitating away from that and just basically being like, hey, support me, support me. You know, they ask for donations via Patreon through Buy Me a Coffee. Um, and they give those people exclusive content when they support them in that way. So you're seeing a lot more people do that because some people are A, uncomfortable with selling ads or B, um, they just don't think that they have the ability to sell ads and they'd rather lean into the people that listen to their show or consume their content. And then, uh, you know, they support them. And, you know, some, if, if you get, uh, you know, a hundred people giving you $5 a month, like that's not bad. Yeah. I love that. And, um, I love what you said. Some people are like nervous about the advertising. Like I think something Jamie and I, as we navigate this, like, I don't ever foresee us like advertising something that's off brand. You know, I mean, I say that and if someone offered me like a million dollars to (laughs) advertise something totally off, I'd be like, hell yeah. But like, I think that's also part of that community. Like you want your listeners, in my opinion, to trust what you're saying, even if it's in your advertising. Yeah. I mean, that's probably where people get scared is that they think they're going to represent something that they don't either agree with or that they wouldn't use themselves. It's like, then don't do it. Yeah, yeah. People run into a lot of apprehension with that. They get, you know, I've worked with talent who has been offered money to shill some product and they've said, no, this isn't something I would work with. I had someone recently say no to 
a, a a taser company. Like, a, you know, it was sold to my host under the guise of, you know, you're a father of three and you have a wife. This is something that you could protect uh, your family with. And that's kind of how you would perform the advertisement. He was like, no. And he would show the picture of it. This taser looks like a gun. The way things are right now, I'm not, I'm not promoting anything that resembles a gun. Like I know it, there's good intentions behind it. And it's ultimately for just protecting my family. And it doesn't actually harm you, but I don't, I don't even want to go down that road. Cause it, it could alienate my listeners. They might think I stand for one thing that I don't. So it can be very touchy when it comes to what you choose to represent. You might not have really any more comment because it's kind of unknown, but I did kind of want to circle back to what you said about kind of the middle class in podcasting. And I don't even know what my question is, but I just kind of wanted your thoughts on all these like million dollar deals that are happening. What do you, I guess kind of what do you think the future does look like for anyone who's trying to make a good living, but maybe they're not Joe Rogan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy the money that has been thrown around. I mean, I can speak specifically to Spotify and what they've been doing. They bought Joe Rogan for 10 years, I think, for $120 million. Call her daddy, got a th- or Alex got a three-year, 60-ish million dollars, I think, that was never officially confirmed, but those were the rumors. It could be more. Uh, Bill Simmons, who's the founder of The Ringer, my company, he sold Spotify for... 250 million dollars in 2020 there's a lot of money there's a lot of money in this game that however spotify in their um quarterly earnings report two weeks ago that got released to the public said hey we've spent basically a bajillion dollars of podcasting and we project to break even next year wow it's a long it's a long game all these companies that are making investments in podcasting are not yet seeing the profits on it but it is finally trending toward that way. It's been a lot of years of upfront investment to hopefully, um, you know, come out on the other side with, with gains. You know, I'd like a million dollars, even a thousand dollars. Just help me pay my rent. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I need. A million. I'd pass out on the floor. Can we get a rent sponsor? (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. Um, Oh my gosh. That is so funny. So, for people who think they might be serious and say, I want to start a podcast, what advice do you have? Most important, be consistent. Consistency is number one. If you're not consistent, if you're not posting your episodes, whatever you decide your cadence is, if it's once a month, once a week, once every other week, whatever it is you choose for your cadence that you need to be upfront with your audience about, you need to stick to it. You need to, if you decide... For, so for my podcast, for example, I post my new episodes every single Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern time. If it's, I'm very hard on myself. If it's, if it's 5.01, then I'm a failure and uh, I have not done my audience correctly. Because there could be someone who's waiting at 5 o'clock to download an episode of the Found Generation podcast. It's very possible. Uh, consistency is number one. Because if people can't rely on you, then why would they come back to you? Why would they trust you? Why would they, if, you know, why would they care about what you have to say if you can't show up for them when you say you're going to be. Consistency is number one. Content quality is obviously up there. Are you providing value in some way? That's that's the central question that you need to answer with regards to your podcast. Are you entertaining people in some way? Are you making them laugh? Are you making them cry? Are you informing them about something? Is there a subject that you're talking about that is really interesting to them that can, that can help people? Um, 
anything like that is really important. So consistency, content quality, also important. The actual quality in terms of the, the production quality. I know this is a production nerd thing for me to say, but the sound quality really matters subconsciously. It matters to the listener. Uh, you are more likely to return, like if the content is standardized, you are more likely to return to a con- to a podcast that sounds good, that the audio sounds crisp than if it sounds kind of like just your computer microphone internal. That matters, ditto for whatever video equipment you're using if your podcast is that way as well. Um, and then I would also just consider leaning into the future. It is clear, and I haven't said this yet, but it is clear that video, kind of like we said, COVID ushered in this wave of video podcasting. Uh, you can now, on a platform like Anchor, which is a free podcast uploading software, you can now upload the video file of the episode so that people can watch the podcast on Spotify. You can only do it on Spotify. I wonder if Apple Podcasts will do the same, which is also interesting because when Spotify started making all these investments in the podcasting game in 2017, Apple backed off. They've completely ditched the podcast game, which was inherent to Apple. Like they started the podcast, that they started the concept. Now they've gotten out of the game and focused on other things and Spotify is now uh, becoming the king in all that. But video is is going to be huge. It's the thing now. Podcast discoverability is a big problem that people have been trying to crack. That's why it exactly hasn't taken off in terms of the profitability profitability of it, because it's hard to find a podcast. And what I mean by that is on YouTube, there's algorithms that, you know, if you have 30 subscribers on YouTube, it can still be seen by 200 people just because of how YouTube works. That doesn't exist on Apple Podcasts, that doesn't exist on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Amazon Music and all the places. It's like if you have 30 subscribers, then your 30 subscribers get this episode, but no one else gets suggested this, things like that. So that's been podcast's biggest downfall. So that's why video is 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 necessary, especially going to the future. A is the consumers of podcasts skew younger. They like watching stuff and they don't have cable so they're watching youtube that is their that is how they watch things uh because it's free and easy and just a simple app on your phone or smart tv uh so video is is very vital for where this is all going and how the technology is going and all that stuff yeah what literally everything that you said is like hit the nail on the head 100 percent um it was funny when you said that uh, spotify is becoming kind of like the king of podcasts because i remember spotify in high school being like just where you listen to your music. But now Spotify is definitely the biggest when it comes to podcasts, which is for crazy. sure. Even though this I listen to mine. This isn't just me being, you know, company man. Uh, I love the app, the Spotify app. I think it's really user friendly. I love the aesthetics of it as opposed to Apple Podcasts, which is where I primarily used to do my listening. Like it runs into all sorts of problems. I have struggles finding the shows that I want to listen to. Spotify is just a better experience. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Got to rep the company, you know, got to do your thing. I resisted Spotify for years because mm-hmm. I was an Apple Music girly. Yeah. I like the way you can make a playlist on Gosh, Apple Music. I used to I like know. you. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I finally, whenever I started dating my boyfriend, he's like, I have a family plan. Please get on Spotify because it would like drive him crazy. You know, like we couldn't have the same playlist. Mm-hmm. And every time we got in the car, I'd be like, do you have Apple Music? I want to look up a song. He's like, you need to learn how to use this. And like once I got on that family plan, man... Spotify is it. I know. I'm not going to lie. I'm still on Apple. Oh, okay. But Jamie. I know, I know, I know. 
I know, and I love Spotify, but listen, I <laughs> that, that is, is the only I thing. thought we were friends. I know, I know, I know. And don't let my parents listen to this because they probably already forgot, but I'm still on the family plan for <laughs> Apple. So like that's the only thing. Like I pay for everything else besides that. And I'm like, you know what? We're just gonna ride this wave as long as we can. So shh, nobody say anything. But that is why I'm still on Apple for the moment. But I, I do will listen add to you. things on Spotify. I will add you to our family plan. <laughs> I, I'll I hook you up. I'll hook you up. I know. <laughs> yeah. What the yeah. heck, Troy? Um, hold on. We also have totally, you need to talk about your podcast and tell everything about it because we keep referencing it. And I'm like, hold on. We haven't even gotten the deets yet. So yeah, let's thank hear you. It. I appreciate that. Um, I, my podcast originally was called uh, the Troy Farkas show. I started that in COVID just because I was like, I need to connect with people. I need to create something. I had this creative urge that I need to get out of me. Uh, so I did that for a while. And then I transitioned to uh, the found generation. I, did, I didn't like my name being the show title. It felt very conceited to me. And it was a rush job, honestly, because I was like, if I plan, and this would also be other you know, advice to people starting podcasts, don't over plan because if you over plan and think about all the details, what is my niche? What is this about? Yada, yada. Yes, that's all important, but people will, will think about that and over plan so much to the point that they don't actually do anything, that they never actually do the podcast that they want to. So my thing was just like, I'm just going to start this and figure it out as we go. I just need to start it and get going. So it was haphazardly named the Troy Farkas show. Then I um, transitioned it to the found generation. And basically what I do on my show and in all my writing is I'm obsessed with self-improvement, with growth, with getting better, with making the most of our time. Time is precious. It's the most valuable resource. A lot of people waste it, especially uh, in today's day and age. There's a lot of people wasting time and, and not getting the most out of life. And so that is kind of the question that I'm obsessed with is how do young people get the most out of life? That's kind of the you know, the area that, that I'm focused on. And, you know, me and my guests, we talk about things ranging the spectrum of just kind of self-improvement, whether it's curbing social media use, going to therapy, uh, all sorts of health and wellness, whether it's, you know, physical exercise and eating right. You know, I talk about remote work and choosing the right location to live in. That's something I'm currently trying to figure out. I have no idea where to live because when, when you can live anywhere in the world, how the hell do you choose where to live? Uh, so we talk about all, all sorts of things like that. Yeah. Wednesdays, 5 a.m., Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. And yeah, I've had some really good conversations so far since I launched this thing and many more to come. Yeah. Including Jamie. She was the best. Oh, yeah. We had a really fun conversation, actually. And that was like our first time reconnecting after so many years. I literally logged on. He's like, oh, you're like a full grown human now. You're not like 16 <laughs> years old anymore. <laughs> May still look 16, but I, I am a woman. I'm 24. Here we are. She's legal, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm dead. No, but that's so awesome. No, I'm, I mean, I speak on behalf of both of us. We are so proud of you. And we're so excited. Oh I my just gosh. met you and I do I know, feel we're proud. So proud. <laughs> Thank you. It's like I'm a little podcast too, family. Like, Erica's like back know, there. Still, She's I, like, I still oh. view you as that 16 year old sitting in the uh, soprano section. So uh, it's amazing to see how far you've come. I'm so excited for you in this chapter. Thank you. This was such a fun conversation today. I feel like we learned so much. Our listeners will definitely learn so much because not everyone is in the podcast world Yeah, on our end of things. So I have one last question that's going to kind of put you on the spot. Um, what are like your favorite podcasts? You can give me three, give me five, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So um, my favorite podcast um, kind of in that um, realm of self-help, The Daily Stoic. It's by Ryan Holiday. It's basically a two to five minute daily 
piece of wisdom from the ancient Stoics. I'm a history guy, and so the Stoics were these Greek and Roman philosophers who just kind of tried to figure out the best way to live life. So I take some Stoic philosophy every day. History Daily, another great show, which is basically on this day in history, uh, this famous thing happens. So you get a little 15-minute backstory uh, into something great. Call Her Daddy is, I don't listen uh, every week, but that's a show that I just admire, uh, you know, as a behind-the-scenes person. I, I have a lot of um, admiration for it. Those are some of my favorite podcasts, and then there's a couple ones I listen to uh, in the sports space, the one that I work on personally. I love The Ringer MMA Show. Um, those are some of my my favorite shows that uh, are in my feed right now. Nice. You wow, guys, that's really cool about the history every single day. That's a cool idea. That is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really well history. done too. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Jamie said, I hate history. <laughs> well, in in school, in school, I was so the only reason I was good at, at it because I had to like memorize scripts for musical theater, so I could like memorize that shit so easily. Oh my god! But I was never really like into it. But it's okay. Maybe I should start listening and I'll learn more. 15, yeah, you can do 15 minutes a day. Start doing it on Spotify, not on your little app. I promise. Right. I promise I will. I'm going to create my Spotify plan. It will be good. There we go. Yay. Um, well, thank you so much. Plug yourself. Where oh, yeah. can people find you? Yeah. Uh, Troyfarkas.substack.com. You can subscribe to my writing for free two, three times a week. You'll just get a little email to your email accounts once you sign up with that. It's not spammy. It's free. Short essays that are just kind of... Hoping to give you a little wisdom as you navigate your life. Troy Farkas YouTube channel, which is where I uh, post the Found Generation podcast. You can find me there. Yay. Love it. Okay. Thank you. I feel like I learned a lot of things about the space that we are literally in. Like, I know. I love it. We're just like little babies trying to figure it out. Yep. Kind of. You'll be stars one day. Aw. Okay. Thanks, Troy. You're the bomb.com. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren and Jamie and Erica, for having me on the Chicks and Dip podcast. I sincerely enjoyed it. I love talking to you girls. We've been talking back and forth a lot over the past few months. Jamie and I specifically, she's an amazing girl, so talented, has so much going for her. Like she said, I've known her for quite a while now, and so it's really awesome to reconnect with her in this way and, and be friends and lean on each other and kind of tackle this, this era of our lives together from afar. But together so thank you jamie thank you lauren thanks to all of you thank you for all the support i'm off to london have a great weekend do something you love burn hot <laughs>